fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Another Monday, ready to go back at it, getting you excited for the week. Welcome into the program. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Your Millennial General reporting for duty the way we do every single day. Got a big show lined up for you today. I think that the other side, they're quaking in their boots. I think they're scared. I think they're shaking. And I think they're getting a little panicky on what the heck to do with their agenda of growing government, growing their control, growing the power. We'll get to that here throughout the program. And looking forward to that one. Ellie Bloyd, she's coming on the program at the bottom of the hour. We've had her on once or twice before. Author of the book, Uncensored America, Thought-Provoking Poetry on Faith, Family, and Freedom. We'll have her at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about a few different current events going on, including the rising crime over the nation, critical race theory, the worker shortage, the economy, all that good stuff. We'll get to that with her in just a little bit. So looking forward to that one. Follow us all over social media. we got the live stream going on. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv, Instagram, TikTok, uh, OurFreedomBook.com. All with the handle at Hoosier Reason and the website at HoosierReason.com. Hopefully you had a great weekend. I did. Kind of. Mostly. For the most part. It was a great weekend. It really was couple, you know, things that happened that <laughs> that I don't want to talk about. No, it was a great weekend. Had a lot of fun. Uh, actually, little Voice of Reason got to enjoy with some friends. So Mrs. Voice of Reason and I had some quiet time, which means we got to, you know, get things done. We got to rest a little bit, got to relax, got to just have some downtime, which is nice and needed every once in a while. Did get to enjoy the festivities on Saturday night, although not happy with the way the outcome was. But don't you worry, my friends. Conor McGregor, he'll be back better than ever. He still is the GOAT, and I don't care what anybody else says. Actually, wasn't a bad fight. He was doing relatively well in that first round. I think it could have gone way better the second round if you hadn't heard, which if you haven't, then you probably live under a rock in some way, shape, or form. But the leg, his leg, ended up snapping, shattering the shin in half as he tried to stand on it just above the ankles. So not a good deal there, and unfortunately ended by doctor stoppage. Now, that's not the fact that somebody won the fight because they actually beat them. It stopped because there was a, there was something that happened that disallowed him to continue to fight. And while he was still in the fight, he was still uh, talking and wanting to fight, uh, just frustrated with the fact that you know his leg wasn't working and that his foot wasn't there. So there was an issue. Obviously, he had the surgery, saw some video today. He's back at it. Six weeks uh, of recovery. He'll be back in the training, and we'll see Conor McGregor rise again. I will never lose faith, and I don't care what anybody else says, whether he is able to come back to the point that he, do- that he wants to or whether he's done. He's still the greatest, and he's done unimaginable things in that sport. And uh, got to look up to the guy. Got to look up to the guy. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I enjoyed way too much of the proper 12 whiskey. Like, <laughs> wait, you want to talk about downtime the next day? I got to remember I'm not 21 years old anymore. So there is that. But it was a great weekend. It was a lot of fun. And it was good just to have kind of a date night, watch the fights. I don't purchase a whole lot of fights. But I've told you this before. And the reason I bring this up on a political talk show is because of this. I don't know if you saw the video. Donald Trump was at the event on Saturday. Now, It's surprising, yet not surprising all at the same time, that the cameras for ESPN 
did not even give an inkling that he was there. They never went to in between fights uh, because they have the fight card. It really starts the preliminary fights. Early prelim fights started at like 530 in the afternoon. The main card didn't start till nine o'clock at night central time here. Conor McGregor and, uh, and Dustin Poirier didn't even go and fight until about 11 o'clock ish at night. So we were watching for about a good six hours almost of fighting. Not once did the cameras pan over to say, oh, and look, former President Donald Trump is in the house tonight. Now, in between fights, they always, when celebrities come in, they showed Megan Fox and her boyfriend. They showed a Kardashian that was there. They showed some artists. They showed some uh, actors that were there. They showed some other fighters that were there. So in between fights, they'll be like, oh, who's in the crowd? All these celebrity people. But yet they did not one time. Did they show it and say, wow, look at this, the 45th president of the United States, whether you like the guy or not, kind of a big deal of, a, of an individual, walked into the place and he was sitting there in ringside. So he had good tickets. He was there, but yet ESPN did not show it in any way, shape, or form. That he, They never even acknowledged him. Now, again, surprised, not surprised. I'm not surprised because it's ESPN. It's owned by a major company that absolutely despises Donald Trump. And so therefore they probably told the camera people, if you show Donald Trump in any way, shape or form, you're gone. That's probably the conversation that they had. But at the same time, I was hoping to see just an inkling because it's the UFC. And the UFC, the reason I like to spend money, I will not spend money to watch a football game. I will not spend money to watch a baseball game. I will not spend money to watch a basketball game. I will not spend money to watch a soccer game. I just, no, the only sport that I'm half intrigued with is the UFC. And really the only ones that I buy are when Conor McGregor's fighting because I really support him as well. But I will spend money with the UFC and with Dana White, the president of the UFC, because Dana White is a solid conservative. He's a big Trump supporter. He spoke at a lot of Trump rallies. He spoke at the Republican National Convention. And overall, the UFC is one of those that is not given in to the quote-unquote woke crowd. You're talking about an industry where guys literally have, and women, because they actually have some of those brutal fights. You want to see the most blood spilled all, all over the octagon mat? Women's fights. Yeah. Those gals are crazy. And they're really fun to watch. But you want to test your absolute abilities? Only you. Not a team. I mean, you have your your coach and your training team and everybody that helps you train, so it's a team effort to an extent. But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the ability, when it comes down to the endurance, when it comes down to the skill, when it comes down to the toughness, it's you and you alone that walks into that octagon against somebody else. That is ultimate responsibility for you. No other sport can say that, which is why I love it. They haven't backed into the woke crowd of trying to calm it down, trying to tamper it down. It's one of the last two raw sports, which is why I think I really like that. Plus the fact that Dana White is a conservative and Trump supporter and so on and so forth. So I thought with the with the UFC event that they would at least pan to Donald Trump being in the house, but not once. Not a, I watched the entire six hours. When I watch fights, I like to sit there and I like to sip on the drink or have a snack and literally watch the fight. And I never take my eyes off the TV. Not once did they even show he was in the house. Now, the reason we know is because there were a lot of personal cameras that were going to show the entourage of Trump and his people coming into the UFC octagon area and the crowd losing their minds with him there. So it's unfortunate. ESPN, shame on you for not even acknowledging like one of the most influential people, positive or negative in your opinion, not even acknowledging the fact that they were in their presence uh, over the weekend, which is really sad. But it was overall a great fight. Uh, not the outcome that we wanted, but let me ask you something. If you are trying to do something like this and you break your ankle, is that a 
acknowledgement of the fact that you actually beat them or the fact that they stepped wrong and broke their ankle and you need to continue to test it. This was a trilogy to prove who was going to take it home, and unfortunately he did on paper, but did he really? Did he really? That's something to think about. Uh, that's enough for that anyways. we got lots more to get to today. Uh, there is, I will say, other the other side of the aisle politically, they're scared right now. They're shaking in their boots. They realize that they're starting to lose their grasp. And while Donald Trump may be out of office, we still have the movement on our side. And the movement of Donald Trump, the movement of conservatism is not going away. People are waking up. Uh, I've heard a lot of different people and different ideas between political and current events and philosophical and religious. A lot of people are talking about this quote-unquote great awakening. People beginning to wake up to what's really going on in the world. The false veil that has been put over us for a really, really long time where we just kind of go with the flow, the status quo. We talk about how many conservatives that just want to go to work, they want to make the money, they want to supply, uh, support their family, and they want to go home and make sure that they have food on their table. They don't care about anything else. That's not happening much anymore because now when they start infiltrating even that ability for you to do so, you get a little angry at times, don't you? So what do you do? You rise up. I don't know if you've been following or not, but according to the Miami Herald, here's the latest in what's trending today. What's trending today? So there have been thousands of Cubans down in Cuba to take to the streets advocating for freedom as they want to end the dictatorship of Cuba. Now, that is a big surprise because that hasn't happened in a while, has it, down there? So good on them as they're out there and joining in the streets. Now, the reason that they're doing that is because during the COVID pandemic, they've run out of vaccinations and they ran out of food. All the zoo animals are gone. You can't eat a whole lot anymore. You're trying to scrounge for rats in the sewers to try and roast up on a fire outside the house because you have nothing else to eat. At that point, you usually say, gee, maybe we should do some changes here. And it's sad that it took them that long to do so. But the dictatorship of the Castro family that's been dominating that for so long, it's time for that to end. And while they're out there now, they're chanting freedom. They're wanting things to be riled up. They want change in the country. Now, the big question is, what's going to take its place? If you know the history of Cuba, and we've had a lot of guests on talking about the history of Cuba on kind of what's gone on down there between the uh, Batistas and then to the Castros and, you know, with uh, Che Guevara, which, again, if you're of the Hispanic descent in any way, shape or form and you try and use Che Guevara as an idolization, you're a fool. And I'm just going to throw it out there. I'll, I'll never forget walking around the college campuses at Bowling Green State University when I was attending there for two years before I realized that. I was spending money on booze and not doing a whole lot else. I was uh, I was running the College Republicans, don't get me wrong, but walking around the campus and uh, people all over the place, and I think they still do now, wearing the shirts, the tie-dyed shirts of Che Guevara, how he's cool, Viva Revolution, he's the, he's the savior, he's the revolutionist, he's the cool guy that's going to make the changes. In fact, at the university, the head of the Latino Student Union at Bowling Green State University re-nicknamed himself as Che because he idled Che Guevara. Now, if anybody understands the history of Che Guevara, yes, he led the revolution to remove Batista and put the Castros into office, which means he was replacing one dictator with another dictator. But he did it by pillaging farms and families, by raping and raiding villages uh, and uh, in farms and towns and communities all over Cuba. He was a horrible individual. He murdered thousands of people in the cold blood and then put in a dictator in office. 
And the Cubans kind of went along with it, thinking that it was change. And then they realized that once Fidel Castro got into power, that, eh, you know what, maybe they made the wrong decision. And those that fought with him now started to turn away. But guess what? The damage is already done. The guns were taken. The food's gone. You got the universal health care. This is what we get to look forward to in our future unless we start taking note to where we get to the point where they start taking the streets and rebelling once you get to the point of eating all the zoo animals in the country. That's what's going on, and people are done with it. People are done with it. Now it goes one of two ways. Either they replace it with something that's halfway decent that's not a dictatorship, but how do you teach someone about freedom if they've never experienced freedom? Most of the Cubans that fled and come to America, they're solid conservatives because they realize what happened down there. They don't want anything to do with it. These commonsensical people that try to come to the country here to enjoy freedom and liberty, they're gone. So at what point, God bless these Cubans down there protesting right now, at what point do they stand up and say, we need to recognize what freedom actually is and we don't want someone dictating our lives any longer? It's kind of like the Middle East. How do you teach someone about a constitution if they've never followed the rule of law before and actually followed what a piece of paper says because they live in just a different mindset in that culture? It's very difficult. So I hope that they can get something decent. I hope that we can bring freedom. We can bring democracy. We can bring uh, capitalism down to Cuba and actually rise up and allow those people to flourish again. But right now I'm worried because it could either go really well or it opens up that opportunity for another dictator to take over and calm them down for a little bit, make it seem all happy and hunky-dory, and then just do the exact same thing that they've been seeing for the last few years. So let's figure out what we can do for them, shall we? Lots more coming up here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. We love you to death. We appreciate you like crazy. Thanks for hanging out with us here on The Voice Reason. Every single day we are all over. We are growing like a weed. So, by the way, just a little update for you. Hoosier Media Network. We are rocking it. We are um, in the painting phase of one of the rooms. So that's exciting as we continue on with the construction of the Hoosier Media Network studios. Uh, what we're going to do, and I'm going to try my best to figure out the, the coolest way to do this, but what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a constant filming of all the uh, construction project that we're doing there so that way we can give you a little montage of the kind of the before and after and all the in-between as we continue to grow and make that happen. So we have some really, really, really cool stuff for you between the Voice of Reason, obviously, the other programming that we have uh, with that, the Hoosier Health that we have, some other podcasting programs. So there's some really good stuff for you. Make sure to stay tuned in and we'll keep you posted. In a pri- I know it's going slow and it's painstakingly slow for me. Trust me, I know. But we've been working day in and day out on this and making sure this is going to be done right. So uh, thanks and stay with us and you can get all the updates here on the show and on HoosierReason.com. As we see the Cubans starting to rise up and being done with dictatorships the democrats a little angry and blaming somehow republicans and donald trump and ron desantis and trying to throw all their uh, garbage in there because they like the way things go down there remember you got michael moore making fun of people coming across uh because they like the health care system in cuba you remember that one how they did the document oh look at this it. so great it's all free you can just walk in and it's all awesome and you can actually get these the tests done and you can get these blood things done they love this stuff they absolutely love the fact that you get free medical care, which is like waiting in line for nine hours and actually getting crappy quality and sitting in a room that's not sanitary in any way, shape, or form. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they rain out of vaccines and food because that's the way socialism actually goes and the way dictators go. So instead of actually focusing on the negatives of how bad their policies are that they try to attack, what do they do? They go back to the old standard. They go back to the same old, same old, which is why they there's a new opinion piece on MSN Going after who else? Donald Trump. Donald Trump between populism and fascism. Donald Trump has blurred that line between populism and fascism in a dangerous way. And it's according to the opinion piece from the Washington Post that was posted onto MSN.com as they go after Trump again to call him a populist, which he was a populist. And I told you at the very beginning when he started running back in 2016, I'm not necessarily a fan of populism, but conservatives could get behind this conservative populist movement to advocate for conservatism. (laughs) I know, it's a crazy concept. But then how you try and get conservatism and fascism shows a few things. People are stupidly ridiculous and ignorant. They have no clue what they're talking about. And they're desperate to try and relabel things. And they're desperate to try to attack Donald Trump. Because what is fascism? And I don't want to go down that road of theology right now because we don't have enough time. But when you advocate for smaller government, limited government, less regulations, trying to cut spending, trying to downsize the government, please explain to me how that goes in line with fascism that is taking over of the private sector, taking over of industries, taking more revenue from the private sector, taking business wealth and giving it to the government, whether it's because the business is now part owned by the government or because of high taxation. When you try and get rid of the firearms of people, when you try to silence your opposition, when you create identity politics in order to demonize other people that you don't like please explain to me what side of the aisle is advocating for fascism 
And I'm not talking parties here. I'm talking straight ideology, what you believe in, how you actually live your life. If you do those things, that's kind of anti what they're saying you actually are. So while we have a revolution going on, uh, and this has been going on around the world, by the way, for a while. We see Argentina with a more conservative president there. We see Brazil starting to do it. We see Brexit over in the United Kingdom. We see people breaking away from large government entities and oppressive government. It's a great awakening happening all over the world right now. And Cuba's just the next in line to fall as people are waking up, realizing they don't want to be controlled anymore. And the media can't focus on that. I got to focus on Donald Trump being a fascist that he's not because they're stupid and don't know what fascism actually is. Stay alert, stay woke in the real sense in the fact that we are realizing and waking up and knowing what's really going on. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It goes by so fast. Our fastest hour of radio on radio, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be. Now, if you are watching the live stream that we have on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, twitch.tv, uh, also on the website at HoosierReason.com and on our freedombook.com and on Instagram and on TikTok, although we don't have the actual live stream on TikTok and Instagram, I do have those. I don't take a lot of pictures, but I do have those. You can find all those on the handle at Who's Your Reason for all of those. If you're watching the feed, though, it looks a little bland right now. It's okay. We're in the middle of kind of reconstructing, flashing it up, and working on a few more graphics of the program. So uh, that's kind of in the works. So hang tight and get ready for some really cool stuff as we're continuously trying to upgrade and make things look better and cooler as we go along. So uh, welcome aboard on that front. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Excited to get back on our program as we go into what's trending today. What's trending today? Talking about all the latest current events. We've been talking about this Cuban revolution going on now. What could we see come out of this? Is it going to be good? And why the heck are Democrats blaming Republicans? I want to talk about some of that along with everything else going on here in the country as well. With our next guest, we've had her on the program before. Excited to have her back. She is the author of Uncensored America, thought-provoking poetry on faith, family, and freedom. You can find her, Allie Bloyd. Allie, how are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to get you back on the program. Have you been following this issue down in Cuba? It, it took them long enough after eating enough zoo animals to realize that maybe uh, the dictatorship's just not quite working down there. Could we actually see some democracy uh, start coming in down there? 
I certainly hope so. I mean, following everything pretty closely, but there's more than enough to keep us occupied. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of stuff going on, and hopefully, uh, I just don't understand why Democrats are blaming Trump and Republicans and Ron DeSantis apparently down in Florida. I mean, did we have any influence on this, or are we just like, you know, spreading freedom, and they're like, oh, wait a second, I want some of that too. I mean, what? why are, why are Republicans in the U.S. getting blamed for what's going on in Cuba? Honestly, I have no idea. I truthfully don't <laughs> think it has any, uh, really any relevance whatsoever. I think what we keep seeing is just a conversation that's designed to take us away from the core issues and place blame where it doesn't belong, strictly for political reasons. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the distraction is real, and they love using distraction whenever something is good. I mean, as we talk about a revolution in Cuba, they write an opinion piece out of the Washington Post about Donald Trump blending the lines and blurring the lines between populism and fascism because he's just an evil fascist Nazi, and the fact that we still follow him means that he's just the dictator wanting to take over in America. I mean, this is where their mind's at, but I think all of that is even part of a distraction for what they're really having an issue with with that I think the Democrats are beginning to self-implode. They haven't been able to pass the infrastructure package. They haven't been able to pass really anything substantial since the COVID package a few months ago. They're trying to raise corporate taxes that aren't seeming to go anywhere because of some of the moderate Democrats. Right now, Democrat unity is really at an all-time low, and that's kind of an odd thing because Democrats usually rally together, don't they? Yeah, they do. But I do think that we've seen this pretty early on. There are two different groups inside the Democratic Party. We've got the strong, radical Democratic Socialists. And then we have some more classical liberals. While those are few and farther between, it seems, I do think that not everyone, despite maybe uh, not showing public support for some of these things, they, they don't agree. They may stay silent when it comes to how stuck certain people in their party are approaching certain issues because they may believe that it's popular. Hmm. But I think we've slowly seen, just as they uh, are aware of with the defund the police movement, it's not even popular within the Democratic voters. And so they're realizing they have to change course. Some of them do not want to change course, however. So that's where this Democratic uh, civil war is really kind of what side do you see prevailing on that side? You're right. There is the old the old guard Democrats where we kind of uh, we appeal to the middle class, although we don't necessarily represent the middle class. And then you have the extreme socialist agenda of we don't care about the politics thing. We just want to promote this because we truly believe because we're idealists and ideologists. Uh, what side is going to prevail within that civil war internally? I think it's really going to come down to who is pushing hardest and who is speaking loudest. And we've seen that the more socialist Democrats, they are the ones that are utilizing social media to spread the most noise, to build the most buzz. And for whatever reason, they seem to be in the pockets or definitely um, controlling a lot of these corporate companies and what they're saying. And we know that the corporate companies are funding these businesses uh, or these these uh, Democratic Party campaigns. And so I do think it all comes down to where the money goes, um, because where the money flows, that is what they are going to push and promote, even if they don't necessarily agree with it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Ali Bloyd. Uncensored America is the book. You can find them online, uncensoredamericabook.com. Let's talk about moving forward over the next few months. We're going into appropriations bills at the federal level, talking about the budget. Maybe we can get a, an appropriations bill or two. 
We're supposed to have like 12, but that never ends up happening when we do this big omnibus package. But with the economy, we saw massive inflation. We see massive prices at the gas pump on raw materials, on products all over the country, trying to get back on hand after COVID. But yet we still have a labor shortage. While the Democrats said we're going to end the COVID unemployment benefits when the this is their vague term of when the economy recovers, is that just an excuse? And do you think that we're going to see a continuation of additional benefits at the federal level after September when the new federal uh, federal budget kicks in? Because this is going to be the initiation into the expanded um, uh, whatever it's going to be, universal basic income or expanded social programs. Is this just going to be the tear stepping to continue this stuff on? I, I fear will be. I mean, I truthfully don't see how we can keep these benefits going, but it does feed into the agenda that the elite clearly want to see in place. These unemployment benefits, they continue to put small businesses out of business. We can't seem to find enough people to hire because people have grown very comfortable receiving a check without doing the work. And the more of these small businesses that do go out of business, the more money goes into the pockets of these corporate companies, such as Amazon, such as Facebook, Google, Apple, all of these companies that thrive when mom and pop shops no longer exist. So I do believe that they're going to do everything they can to continue it. The question is, will local governments, will states push back against this and say enough is enough? Well, they have to push back on numerous fronts. I mean, we have to push back on accepting the unemployment benefits, which some of the states have already begun to do. But now they've turned this into a wage war of, oh, well, you know what? This is the time for us to push for a higher minimum wage, the $15 an hour minimum wage. And if, you know, you were just paying that much, then we would we would want to go back to work because then we could actually make money working more as opposed to getting the unemployment. Are, are states going to cave on this there, too? Because there's if they pass that at the federal level, obviously there's not much that we could do. But right now... Uh, we're coming off a year where small business almost died by telling mom and pop shops you're unessential and you're not important. Now we're going to say you can open up, but in order for you to get all your waitresses and waiters back, you got to pay them $15 an hour. It's already crippling. This is going to kill them. You're absolutely right. And I think that this is where state legislatures need to really stand their ground and people need to really wake up and pay attention because these businesses have been hurt so significantly. And yet now they're trying to put it back on them as if they need to pay more for the same job, even if that job is not necessarily deserving of a higher wage. There is such a thing as an entry point job. There are many jobs in which younger people traditionally fill those slots as they're working their way through school, whether that's high school or college or beyond. But the truth is that they simply cannot afford to do this. And I've already seen several local businesses in my area go out of business because they can't satisfy the demand of the customers who want to buy from them now because they can't find anybody to help support them. So, you know, really making sure that this doesn't go through is the top priority. However, I do think it also goes into the immigration issue that we're seeing. More people will have to be employed under the table. And again, people who actually want to work are going to have to take those positions. And I think that, you know, we really just need to remember that if Small businesses do not exist. Communities as we know it do not exist. It's not just about the local commerce. It's about where you go to gather in your local community, where you go to enjoy yourself. And if that no longer has a place in our lives, we lose touch with everyone in our community. So this is really more of an existential issue, I think, than people actually realize. And it's something that they need to be aware of, whether they are a business owner or not. 
These people are doing everything they can to try and provide for their own families. They're not taking assistance if they can at all avoid it. And they do not need to be forced into a position where they continue to lose after a year and a half of terrible losses simply because someone who's completely out of touch with reality and with the middle class worker thinks that someone deserves a higher wage. I do think great employees can demand a higher wage if they're producing for those companies, but I don't think it should simply be expected that everyone gets a certain wage just because some rich elitist thinks so, despite it already proving to put locations out of business like we saw with Kroger in California when they had to raise the minimum wage. Yeah, amen to that. Allie Bloyd, Uncensored America. Last question before we let you go. We got just about a minute left, but with that argument, I mean, at the same time, we talk about inner cities, we talk about opportunities for minority kids or for young children or for young kids to gain experience going into the workforce to either pay while they're going to school or not. I mean, if we're raising minimum wage up through these forceful acts of the Democrats, we wouldn't see entry-level positions for children, would we? Because the ones that have experience are going to be grasping onto those jobs. No, you're absolutely right. And the other thing is it's totally going to teach the younger generation not about work ethic, which they so desperately need to learn at that age. I mean, this is really something that doesn't just affect adults. It's going to affect our children. It's going to affect our communities. Really, every aspect of this um, plays a big role in our lives. And so people, whether they understand the economics of this or not, it's not sustainable financially for anyone. It drives the price of goods and services up significantly because businesses have to be able to retain a profit. So if they do raise that minimum wage, the price of everything goes up when we've already seen dramatic inflation. And really, who knows if we'll ever be afford to live the way we did. Uncensoredamericabook.com is the website. Allie Bloyd, find her on social media as well. Allie, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for coming on the program. Let's do this again real soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to chat with you. We'll take a break. Wrap up the program today for a Monday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. 
online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks again to Allie Bloyd coming on the program. UncensoredAmericaBook.com is the website. Go and check that out. Awesome guest. We'll get her back on the show again here soon. It is fun watching the other side of the aisle implode, isn't it? I mean, ideologically speaking, as we see the Civil War, which, don't get me wrong, we have our own issues as well. Conservatives, Republicans, we have our own Civil War we have to deal with, too, where we still have those that are like, Donald Trump's a fascist. And then we just laugh at him, we point and laugh, and then we go about our business because that's about the uh, uh, amount of attention that they actually need. And we need to get them out of office. There's a few of them. Mitt Romney, goodbye. Although, I got to say, I don't think he's ever going to go. There is a, a a blanket, again, just this weird veil of lack of understanding of what they stand for. Or maybe they like the moderacy. I, lo- I still, yet, I've been on the radio seven years and I've made this challenge out there for anybody. And you know me, I'm all about conversation, all about trying to understand. So even if I don't agree, I at least want to hear your point. If you consider yourself a moderate, I don't know what that means. You can email me, who's your media network at gmail.com. Who's your media network at gmail.com? Email me. Explain what it is. Because to me, like if you have a moderate tax rate, what's that moderate tax rate? Because conservatives say we want low tax rates, as low as possible, because the government should not have a whole bunch of money. Democrats say we should have as much money as we need to do the projects that we want because we have all seeing, all knowing power. Is the moderacy in between? Well, we need a little bit. Okay, what's that line? Where is that? When it comes to guns, firearms, for example, what is the moderate position there? Do you have the right to keep and bear arms, period, end of story, as the Second Amendment says? Or it's like, well, you know, we should, like, have a lot of, like, background checks and we should, like, put the red tape in because uh, bad guys obviously follow the rules. And, you know, every bad guy that's passed a background check obviously would have not passed it if they did a secondary background check. So, therefore, we could get the bad guys and stop them from getting the guns because that's going to do, like... Either you're supporting the freedom or you're not. It's most issues politically like that. I mean, obviously, there's great areas of understanding, but it's either you want lower taxes or you want higher taxes. Unless you're just like the I'm okay with whatever's right now. And that's not really a position. It's not really a position. So I'm curious on how you describe a moderate in today's times, because I don't even know if there are any more. The pendulum has swung so far and I had on both sides, although If you want to get down to the nitty-gritty, conservatives haven't really moved the pendulum farther to the right. We've just been stuck at our position, and we refuse to budge because we know what works and what doesn't work, and why, again, fix something if it's not broken. So while the pendulum swings farther the other way, we look more fringe because we've stayed at that needle where we need to be. So we're not moving. It's not us like becoming more radical. We just stick to our position while they continue to go off the deep end over on their side so they look further and further away. That's kind of how the political realm's been going because the Democrats are losing their minds. They don't have unity anymore. 
which is why I think they're losing their minds with some of the current events with distractions. Donald Trump's a populist. Donald Trump's a fascist. Donald Trump's an X, Y, and Z. They don't have unity like they used to. You remember back in the, I don't know, early 1990s and the early 2000s and even before that, really, Democrats really had their stuff together. They had their candidate. They would do a little bit of bickering here and there, but they would do, they would unify whatever message came out. It was a unified message of the Democrat National Party, and they would come out with all the candidates supporting it. They would have their marching orders and their talking points to where everybody talked about the same thing. It's a very, very uh, handy skill to have as a political party on a national grand scale. Now, at the local levels, the ideas were terrible, which is why Republicans and conservatives dominate local elections with like county commissions or state legislatures or governor's races. Republicans still dominate like three quarters of the governors across the nation. They still dominate as a majority in Republican state legislatures, like three quarters of them across the nation. They dominate at the statewide level. Because we have a better resounding message at the state level. But because we understand that people live their lives differently, different ways of life, different cultures, different religions, different traditions, different lifestyles, from agricultural to uh, uh, to driving truck, to manufacturing, to business and white collar, to whatever, we have so many different types of lifestyles that everybody lives. We understand we can't make blanket decisions for everybody because that's not what conservatives do. We get rid of those blankets to allow everybody to live their life life tailored to how they want to live. Democrats don't like that. And that's why they're battling over tax hikes right now, corporate tax rates, individual tax rates. We got to spend money for the infrastructure plan. Got to find ways to pay for it. So we need to raise it. They can't even do that right now. And now they're trying to deal with, you know, close margins and small margins here. But usually they're connected, baby. They're all tied together. They work on it together, and they haven't been. Now they're struggling. The implosion is happening, and we enjoy watching it. The problem is we're kind of going through our same purge at the same time as well. Who's going to prevail at the end? Time will tell, and we got to keep on that fight. That's what we do. All right, podcast going up in a little bit. That does it for us today. Back at it tomorrow. We have an entire laundry list of awesomeness to get to throughout this entire week, so stay tuned in for that. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice Reason. Everybody have a wonderful Monday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason